Welcome into the Leadership Legacy Podcast, where we interview influential leaders, learn the why, and how they turn their passions into progress that set them on the path to leaving their legacy. Listening to the Leadership Legacy Show, and I have the honor of connecting with a old high school classmate, Tariko Satterfield. He is in the house. He is the founder, the founder and chief encouraging officer of Real Life Empire. He founded it in 2010. It's a faith-based youth development company. The vision of Real Life Empire is to be the nation's leading youth development embassy. They will nurture the development of today's youth and create youth that live with purpose on purpose. They believe that they can provide the right environment consistently that will cause the incubation process to enrich, equip, exemplify, and excel their life goals. They plan to do this with life-changing messages, lessons, and instructions so that each individual can become who they were born to be. They cover everything in life with a partnership with parents, schools, churches, and community community support. Rico, as we called him in high school, and as I'm going to probably continue to call him today, uh, he wears many hats. (laughs) There's a lot of us that wear many hats. He's a husband, a father, entrepreneur, motivational speaker, personal trainer, preacher, and friend. Man, thanks so much for for your time today. I'm honored to be here, Tony. Thank you so much for having me here, man. I'm excited. Me too. Me too. Well, tell us us a little bit about your story. I kind of know where you grew up a little bit, but our listeners may not. Um, So tell us a little bit about where you grew up and where the love of serving others came from. So, uh, Tony, you know, we grew up in Jasper, Alabama. Uh, I grew up actually on Coke Oven in Jasper. I guess you can call it uh, Satterfield Hill, which is uh, Simmons Road, Simmons Hill up there. We uh, basically grew up in the same neighborhood, like... uh, all of my family was right there in the same neighborhood. Pretty, pretty bad neighborhood, not too bad, but a pretty bad environment. Um, and when you talk about where do you get uh, the serving, the servanthood from, kind of always been a family that uh, did things within the community, served in the church, grew up in the church, like mm-hmm. literally uh, right next door. My grandparents' house was an arm's length away from the church that we went to. So the church was kind of the place where we played at. You know, we played hide and seek there. We went to vacation Bible school there. Uh, we got whooped there. And yeah. Everything happened at the church. I said a lot of life learning going on there. A lot of life learning there. And so, you know, growing up in the family, uh, my family sings. Majority of everybody in the family sings. Um, we kind of used our voices to to give to people, to give to other families. Other people would come, and my grandparents uh, were known for kind of feeding everybody. Um, that's kind of been a part of the Satterfield family. That's what we've done, um, and it's something that kind of still lives with me. You know, we value that 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 gift to uh, give life, man. You know, I tell people, Tony, that one of the greatest moments in my life was the moment that I received hope 
and now the greatest moment for me is to give hope to others. I think you would say that leadership and, and missions and, and giving back are some of your passions. So let's talk a little bit about some of those, kind of going into real life empire and starting your own business uh, to kind of help with uh, with mentoring. And as I touched on in the, in the introduction, give us, talk to us a little bit about how that all came about. I worked in education. And while I was working in education, when I started here in Connecticut, where I live now, uh, when I started in education, I started at a school called East Lime High School. Um, East Lime High School is probably a upscale high school. Uh, they had a small population of kids that were what I guess you would call the at-risk population. Um, mm-hmm. They were held in like a separate building. I was hired there as an instructional aide to work with these at-risk students. Um, so I really took that. I was excited about that because... I wouldn't call myself a, a terrible kid in, in school, but I struggled some in school. Um, and so I felt like I could connect with those individuals uh, and really understand what they were struggling with uh, about school. So I took that job on pretty much from there. It became personal for me to really, I tell people, mine for gold. I started to mine for gold in kids, in these problem kids that were struggling uh, with life issues. While doing that, I began to see that if I would invest and and be so risky or open to share my story and be transparent with these kids, then there was some trust that came from that. Talking about the word leadership, that's a a huge and important word for me. Um, There's two things in that word for me. There's the leader portion, and and let's talk about the beginning of the word leader is led, being led, and also led in the sense of what are the heavy things? What is the weight? What is the weighted things going on in your life that has got you to the place that you're at right now? Mm. And so I talk about to people that if you're going to be a leader, in order to be a leader, then you've got to get into the heavy stuff. Not just It's not just the surface. Let's get underneath the surface of what people meet on a day-to-day basis. And when you start to dig deep like that with people, there's the latter part of that word. It's leadership, meaning that there's a journey that we're going to take. The ship goes on a journey. Mm. The ship sails in the water, but it, it always has a destination. And so being interested on going on the journey to get to their destiny. But I tell people that one of the things that impress me about people is every person I believe has a treasure inside of them. And I believe that with every young person I come in contact with, but I got to be willing to dig through the ocean. I got to go deep. I got to dig, dive deep and I got to dig deep. There's a treasure there. When you talk about leadership and mission, that's the leadership and that's the mission. Everybody's trying to find the goal in themselves. And so I felt like if I could uh, teach kids how to dig through, yeah, you got some problems. Yeah, you uh, had a bad situation. Yeah, you failed the test. Yeah, you didn't like the cards you've been dealt. Yeah, okay. But there's some gold in you. And I'm going to help you discover what that gold is. And when you find the goal, eureka. So I, I just look for opportunities to make and and have kids uh, find that purpose and that eureka moment, that goal that's within themselves. It's not necessarily something I need to give to you. I just need to expose you to what's in you. The key to being a good leader is recognizing the potential in others. You can do that for young men who, young men and women, 
uh, who have uh, either had a tough time growing up or have not been given the attention that, that they deserve. Um, and you can call out that leader in them and that potential in them. You change, you can change a generation. That's right. That's exactly that, man. You know, when you talk about uh, changing a generation, what would life look like if more people, instead of we vilifying children for what they didn't get in training, what if we really recognize that they are actually in training? <laughs> what yeah. if we really embrace their training process and took it serious that even though they're messing up and they're uh, making mistakes, it's training. <laughs> you know, the Bible says train up a child in the way they should go. And it, it's very clear when it says, and when they're older, they won't depart from it. But it's clear by saying when they're older. I think a lot of people give up on young people and youth in their incubation place. And when you expect like that perfection from them in the place where they're actually learning, it's a little unfair. <laughs> it's a little unfair. Man, that's so, that's so huge, man. I never thought of it that way. You know, we're both, we're both in that season of life where we're raising young kids and it's, it's a hard life sometimes. And I've never thought of it that way. Mm -hmm. You know, that's such a a crucial uh, mindset to have. It it makes you look at, look at their development a little different, you know, and of course, as a parent, like it helped me in my parenting with my kids and I still, me and my my wife reminds me all the time, you know, because she's a whole lot smarter than me. <laughs> we surround ourselves right. better than us, man. That's my coach. My wife is my coach. <laughs> so, but she often, she reminds me and I remind her that our children, man, they, they, are, they are being groomed to be successful adults. They're not there yet. Like their mind can't even process a lot of the things that we're expecting them to process. And we get frustrated with them because they really literally don't have the capability to do what we are expecting them to do because they're in training, you know? And so I think we really have to take a look at that. You know, leaders, even leaders, we really have to take a look at that. We, we, we understand it as adults and as businessmen, but how much do we really respect that for our younger generations out there who are not getting trained properly. I think there, there's such, there's such a need for, for that training uh, for young kids. There's so many, there's, there's so many fathers that, that aren't, you know, involved in their, in their kids' lives and, and mothers as well, you know, just different circumstances in life that make that happen. Um, And I think that, you know, what you're doing with real life empire and, and standing in the gap, uh, for today's youth um, that may not have that father figure or have that leadership figure in their lives is, is so huge. And, you know, it will be incredible to see real life, empire, real life empires, not only in Connecticut, but in Alabama and California and right. all over the country, you know, uh, and there are great, there are great ministries and organizations all over the country that are, that are trying to solve that are trying to right, solve right. the way that you are. And I just am so thankful for that. You know, you're, you're on the front lines right. trying to make a difference. And, and I, I appreciate that uh, from a, from a, from a son and uh, from looking at the way that my dad led me in such a great way. Um, right. and as a father, uh, you know, leading my kids, um, it, you know, right. 
I, I realize that, that I'm blessed and that I have the ability to, you know, have a real impact and, uh, seeing, seeing the, the hard work that you do and the, and the, the ministry that, that you put out there, uh, just, just makes me, uh, just that much more grateful, you know, for my family and for the, the people that, that, you know, the, the kind of people that we surround ourselves with, uh, as business owners and as fathers, uh, just being able to be, uh, the hands and feet of Jesus and, and help people as best we can, uh, because there are so many people out there that have no hope and, and it's our, we're called to give them hope. Well, Rico, what, what drives you to get up every morning? Um, I know, you know, it's hard sometimes running your own business and, and, you know, providing for the family. Uh, but w- what drives you every day? Purpose, Tony. Purpose. When I tell you one of my mentors who's uh, dead and gone now, Dr. Miles Monroe, a uh, phenomenal man of God who says uh, where purpose is not known, abuse is inevitable. And so when you don't understand the purpose for your life, then you probably do struggle with getting up every day. But when you understand why you're purposed to be here, it's why I wake up every day. It's why I can't leave here yet because my purpose is not fulfilled. Um, my purpose is why I started my company. My purpose is why I'm married to the woman that I'm married to. My purpose is why I work at the place that I work at. So my purpose uh, literally uh, begins my day and it ends my day. And, and, and I think that one of the things that I started to see and I, and I understand is that when we are living with purpose, life with purpose and on purpose, um, we're more intentional about what we will do and what we won't do. Where I give my time, where I invest my time, and I won't spend a lot of my time. Uh, so purpose uh, wakes me up every day, man. Um, it's, it's an honor to be able to get up and do this thing called life when you understand your why. Uh, yes. You know, I think about the the people who don't know their why. And so those people struggle every day with getting up out of the bed, even within um, working in a job. So a job, just because I'm in my job, doesn't mean I'm operating in my purpose. But what I've discovered is my purpose, when I know my purpose, I can be on a job and still find my purpose in the job. And so purpose, um, that's what wakes me up. That's what helps me grind. That's what helps me to push. That's what helps me go. And where does my purpose come from? God, man. Mm-hmm. You know, God has has given me a gift. And in his word, he says that my gift will make room for me. I believe it. I believe it. Yeah. And so I believe that if you find your purpose, you won't ever have to chase money. It'll find you. Man, I agree with you 100%. You know, when you're when you when you find out the reason why you're on this earth, it's kind of like uh, the Rick Warren book, Purpose Driven Life. Yeah. I'm going through that book again. And, you know, when you realize what you're on this earth to do, it changes everything. Um, whether you're able to do that as a vocation or whether you do that as just living out your life. You know, I think a lot of us, our purpose is to serve others. And if you're serving others, that might be serving your coworker or serving your boss or living out your life in front of them with such a contagious uh, spirit that they see Jesus living in you, living inside you. What principles, and I think I know the answer to this question, um, but I'd like to ask this, what principles have helped you personally and, and in the, in real life empire, which I kind of consider your ministry, 
my principles, Tony, uh, for me, I have a strong faith, faith in God, man. I, I tell people there's no way that I could do the things I do and experience the kind of life that I've been blessed to experience coming from where I've come from without God. Um, so when you say principle, the principle for me, is the bedrock of everything is my faith, right? Yeah. And, and I go from there. Uh, the scripture says, uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So literally, I know that every day, me moving in that, there's this substance of what I hope for. That substance of what I hope for is faith. Now, and there's evidence of things that I haven't even seen yet, that I ain't even experienced. And as long as I, I operate in the bedrock of faith, it means that every day I get to do something new. Every day is going to be a great discovery, man. And how can you not be excited? I tell people, everybody like new stuff. So why would I not do this, this thing called faith? If it's what I hope for, there's something out there that I'm hoping for that I'm going to get to experience as a result of me living the life of faith. Oh, man, I'll go shopping in that store any day. Well, there's this, there's this word um, that has a negative, mostly a negative stigma to it. I'd like to ask all of my guests, what's the word failure mean to you? What does failure mean to me? I, so in my personal training business, I tell my, my clients, I want you to try so hard that you fail. I want you to go your hardest that you fail. I don't want you to run away from failure. What does failure mean to me? It means a step up. It means an opportunity to grow. It means an opportunity to develop. It means you tried. It means you put, you were courageous enough to take a step out there. You know, we don't know what's off the cliff of life before we jump, but we jump. And the truth of the matter is, it doesn't always mean that things are going to go the way that we want them to go. You don't prepare for a disaster, even though people try to give preparation to, uh, they try to build that perfect scenario so if this happens but majority of the people majority of us are not prepared when disaster hits us we're not like oh this when you when you had the injury yeah oh i was prepared i, I knew this was gonna no you yeah. weren't prepared but no. what you did was you had what you said the right supports around you the right things around you in order to help you get back to your strength yeah and so I just wanted, I would just encourage people to say, you can't be afraid of failing. I can almost uh, guarantee that you're going to have some failures. Matter of fact, I hope you have some, because we don't talk about this enough, uh, that word uh, grit, but that's how you get grit. That's how you last. That's how you build the ability to uh, persevere, is by having those those struggles. I would love to say that I've never failed, but the truth is, is I fail often. And that's because I have a healthy relationship with it. I refuse to have an unhealthy relationship with failure. I don't fail, I learn. That's the bottom line. I don't fail, I learn. Yeah, I think the only way you truly fail is to not learn from that failure. That's right. And, and sometimes, you know, failure, does it hurt? Yeah. Do you get wounds and scars from it? Yes, you do. However, you also get prizes and rewards from it. When you have when you have a scar, um, you know that scar tissue heals back stronger. Uh, that's just, I think that's the same thing. There, with, there you go. Great. That's a you know you're talking about scars and wounds. Will those heal back stronger? 
Um, I think that's a great analogy for for learning from failure. And 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 I I, I would you know I I love to encourage people and tell them you know you look at uh, some of the wealthiest people in the world, some of the greatest leaders in the world uh, that have ever lived. Um, those people they had some failures. But it didn't stop them. They were courageous enough to to try again. They were courageous enough to believe that the failure could take them towards their destiny still. Yeah. That it was just a, a speed bump in the road. Just because you go over a speed bump doesn't mean you, your car breaks down. No, your car is built to ride over it. And then for you to continue on to your destination, you know. And so I think we, we really have to, uh, again, it's almost like when the Bible tells you to love your enemy. That is so counter what we naturally want to do. But I think what happens in that is that you recognize that there's an opportunity for me to grow and cultivate some fruit in my life. And what am I going to give to this person? Think about that. What it feels like to serve your enemy. <laughs> that's some real growth. Yeah. <laughs> some of the people in my, in, in my past that I've run into, you know, that I, I wouldn't call call them necessarily enemies but i know you know what you're saying it's like i'd never do that for them but then you know that's what we're called to do. <laughs> so i better check myself right that's right man what's been the hardest thing so far in uh balancing your business and your personal life and your motivational speaking and your personal training your preaching being a father being a husband what's the hardest thing about that Ooh. I'll say the hardest is exactly what you said, balancing it all. Yeah. In certain seasons of this journey, I've been really fortunate to have a phenomenal, phenomenal wife, man. I, I, I can't. She's been so patient, and she, you know, everybody see the work that I do, but, you know, you think about, you talk about support. Um, what she's doing in the background to support me and allow me to be able to go out and serve other people and even being patient with me in areas here in the home where you need to uh, pull back. I need to pull back and I need to focus some attention here. Yeah. It, it's, it's great when you have a support system, man, that allows you to. That time management piece of it, because, you know, being an entrepreneur, sometimes, you know, I get phone calls and people can't meet at this time. Yeah. Oh, so I need to rework it. So I say the the greatest blessing of it all is having somebody that's on the team with me. And sometimes you don't value that. Um, you don't value that and really get that sometimes, you know, that there's a lot on my wife's plate when I'm not home. We have two children here in the house and she's here taking care of the home front while I'm doing the things. And yeah, most people say, well, you're out providing security for them, but I'm a husband too. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know and so and I'm a dad too so it's really recognizing again purpose man purpose and priority like everything has its place and my wife has taught me that man that you know this thing being at home and 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 I used to you know look at my family and and of course you want to be a great dad and you want to be a great husband but really dialing back and seeing you know, my wife needs me to support. She needs me to come home and not not just be here, but she needs me to invest. I just told her, uh, it's so funny you asked this because just recently I just said to my wife, uh, I said, you know, I really started to recognize that 
going out, you know, when you're doing business and you're speaking and you're going to all these places, doing all these things, you want to put your best foot forward, right? And you want people to see the best of yourself and give the best, right? But God really put on my heart that that best should be here. It should be with her. It should be, I need to put, I need to put on my best fit foot here at the house with loving her, with helping her, uh, with being a dad. And I think when you, uh, when you lead this well, and when this is working well, it makes it easy to do the stuff outside of here. Man, that's such a great reminder. I mean, because our wives, you know, are the rock of our family. Oh, yeah, man. Taking care of kids all day long is uh, mm -hmm. not for the faint of heart. Um, Doug, oh, and, bro. Woo. And, you know, when you, when you have a wife that, that stays home willingly, um, that shuttles the kids wherever they need to go, maybe they even work, yeah. as well, you know. Um, and then, you know, as men, we come home and, you know, we're, we're thinking well, we're the providers and we should be able to rest. Well, no, the wife, mm -hmm. my wife is a, is a huge provider of the family. She often says sometimes, I don't feel like I'm, you know, I don't feel like I'm contributing. And I'm like, we couldn't make it without your contributions, you know, um, and right. remembering that when I come home, I need to put the phone down and I need to put the computer mm -hmm. away, you know, until the kids go to sleep so that, you know, we can invest in them because, uh, otherwise, uh, you know, they grow up not knowing what it was like to have a present father. You can have a, you can have a, right. a, a present father where that physically in the home, but not emotionally in the home and not uh, fully. Uh, right. Right. And, uh, you know, I've, I've seen myself drifting that way several times, you know, over, over in the past. And mm -hmm. you know, I try to check, you know, I try to check and, and, you know, just kind of reevaluate, you know, what my priorities are and, uh, you know, not, right. not doing it in a, in a, in a harmful manner, but just, you know, having, having a wife that uh, is, a, is comfortable in a relationship, a strong relationship with a wife that will call you out on that. And, uh, that's it, right. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. Because, you know, um, sometimes we don't see it because we have blinders on, um, and so I, I've been so I'm so grateful to have a wife that, you know, loves me and and knows our relationship is strong enough that she can call me out on that. Uh, she jokes sometimes. Man, uh, listen. She says the only way we can have a vacation is if we go on a cruise where the Internet costs too much because I know you're too cheap to pay for it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, and so and, and that's fun. and It's hilarious. But I'm like, oh, crap. You know, what kind of what kind of legacy am I leaving to my kids? You know? I don't, That's I don't right. want That's them right. to be financially taken care of, but what, what life lessons are they learning from me? And what life lessons are they not learning from me? You know? Listen, man, I, I tell my wife uh, all the time, Tony, I tell her, thank you for having a standard because that standard holds me accountable. Yeah, it really does. And, and yes, I have a standard for my family. You know, you have to have a vision for your family. I have a standard for my family. But sometimes, like you said, you get lost in uh, the hustle and bustle of life. And sometimes that tries to derail that. Um, and you really have to really focus and hone back in and make sure those uh, priorities uh, stay in, in order uh, where you're serving in the home. Well, man, I know that uh, that you have a lot going on. Um, you ever have 
time to read any books? Oh, man, listen, leaders are readers. For real, man. Well, what's the best book you've read recently? The best book I've read recently, um, I'm reading, uh, I'm, I'm always reading a few books. Um, so the books that I'm uh, finishing up right now, Soar by Bishop T.D. Jakes. Okay. The Power of Broke by Damon John. That's a good book. Yeah, man. Uh, let's see what else I have. Jump, Steve Harvey's book. Um, I'm looking, I just started a book called Grace by Bishop I.V. Hilliard. And it's kind of a workbook that okay. he uses for business as well. So that's something that I just opened up and started going through, diving into, man. Uh, talking about um, using grace in, in business, man. So yeah, I, I try to I try to keep my I got a library um, upstairs and in my office, and I I use a lot of my books to help me in business, um, but also to help me with my spiritual walk. I have some uh, this book I um, this series I did with a, a church called The Men's Fraternity um, by a guy named Robert Lewis. Man, if you had never done that, man, look into that program. It's phenomenal. Okay. Um, and one of the books, uh, one of the sections in it is winning at work and home. And so I use that book a lot to go and uh, get reminders for myself on stuff I need to pay attention to. But yeah, man, I'm always reading it, uh, new material. I try to keep myself up on my reading, man. Well, if you were to write a book about your journey in life so far, what would, what would that title be? Man, I tell you what, I'm writing a book right now, man, okay. called The Venomous Child. It's called The Venomous Child. And and what that book is about is basically that kids end up getting poison. And the poison sometimes can come from uh, meaningful, well-intended decisions that parents make. But no one ever takes the time to provide an anti-venom because they never had an opportunity to spew the venom to really get it out. Um, and so when they're forced, and, and this is what I tell people, the at-risk picture has changed. Um, it used to be that at-risk was people that were economically challenged, uh, people who only had one parent in the home. But that at-risk kid has changed because now uh, all of a sudden we have heroin coming into our neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. um, we see there are p kids at home with uh, mom and dad, but dad's always working. Or there's stuff that is going on with mom and dad. Um, and so those kids are affected. Yeah. But I tell people a lot of it is is just the venom that kids are forced to live with. Uh, there's this saying in the house, I bet if I start this statement, you'll probably be able to finish it. Okay. Uh, what happens in this house. Stays in this house. Stays in this house, Tony. Yeah. So that's one of the things that I'm going to talk about huge in the, in the book because that's exactly what is perpetuated in our kids, that what has happened inside their house, it stays in their house because that's what you get taught. And they don't ever get to get this venom out of themselves. And so therefore, you don't know to uh, get an anti-venom for them. And so we have a lot of young people sick. And that was me growing up, man. I had a lot of sickness um, and I still see a lot of residue in my life as an adult male now, uh, a lot of immature behaviors that come out is just really venom from things that you've carried and that nobody talked about and yeah. that you weren't able to get information. Uh, you weren't able to be mentored in that area. So that's what the venomous child is about. That's what, that's what that book would be called, man. That's what it is called. What's, uh, what's one piece of advice you give to someone thinking about starting their own business? Get a mentor. If you if you have a desire to 
do something you've never done, then here's the, here's what I tell people about reading books. Because I heard one of my mentors say that people spent 30 years doing something, 30, 40, 50 years doing something, and then they wrote a book about it. And so I get to learn 30, 40, 50 years of information in 200 pages of a book. I get to unpack that. I get to get coached by this person who's gone out and succeeded in it. And so the best thing that I advice I can give to anybody is one, don't be afraid to take the leap. And two, build a support team around you that can hold you accountable and that can teach you that you'd be willing to learn from and grow and glean from. I think that's so, that's so important to have somebody to hold you accountable, somebody that, that you can be mentored by, and then also maybe somebody that you can mentor, you know, as you become successful, that's make right. give that back. And the other thing, Tony, I think it's really important for people to believe in the treasure. Again, I can't, I can't not say that that treasure, that treasure that you have, that sometimes you don't even recognize it. You have a gift and a lot of times people are telling you about your gift and what you're gifted at. But when you have insecure areas, when you have venom in you, then you may not recognize that as a gift. So believing in yourself too, as you take that leap and go out there, uh, believe in the, that gift that it really can and it has the potential and power to make room for you in the market. You know, there's McDonald's, but there's Burger King, but then there's also Wendy's, but then there's also Taco Bell. And so then you have all these other restaurants and, and fast food places. So, so there's a place for you in the market, but you've got to believe in your treasure mm. and you've got to know what you offer that's different then whatever, it doesn't matter who's out there because you're not out there. Okay, I got one last question for you, man. At the end of your life, when it's time to go meet your father in heaven, mm. you look down on your family, your friends, um, your businesses, your ministries, the community that you've impacted, um, your kids, your wife, and, and you, leave, you leave them here on earth. What do you want them to remember you by? And what does that legacy look like? Man, that legacy to me, First of all, I want them to know that I want them to, first of all, say uh, that my dad loved God, that my dad, that he loved God and he lived uh, relentlessly uh, for God, that he served others, that he he led us well. He was courageous enough to lead us properly. Uh, he served others well. And, and, and when you say, what do I want to leave here for them and with them? I want to leave uh, hope. I want to leave wealth. I want to leave, when, when you say a legacy, I want to leave such a legacy that my children's children, children, that they all understand that we are purposed and designed to serve humanity. And we are purposed and designed to always think about the next generation and what we'll leave as a deposit for that generation. Because our lives are bigger than just what we do. It's also who we affect while we're doing what we do. Who did you help out? Who did you elevate? Who did you raise up? You know, who did you give to? Who did you serve? Who were the least of them among you? And that you took the time to say, you know what? I'm going to value them enough 
to help pick them up as well. You know, that's the legacy that I want to leave, that my dad, he valued every person and saw treasure in every person and everything, and that he wouldn't walk past this individual. He would stop, give them a ride. He would stop and help um, to value humanity and what and, and the respect and honor what God's created. Man, thanks for being on this show. Uh, it's It's been fun catching up with you and seeing what all you're up to. And I have show notes that have links to Real Life Empire and to the Chief Encouraged Officer. Uh, so, Thank you, people can find out more about what you're doing up there in, in Connecticut and what you're doing uh, to, to help shape the youth of today. Um, and hopefully, they can find out ways that they can partner with you and help you continue your ministry because I think it's so important. And I think, uh, I think people can get behind, uh, helping, helping today's youth. And, uh, so I'm, I'm excited to, to continue to follow you, continue to connect with you and, and stay, uh, stay up to date with you, man. Well, thank you so much, Tony, for having me on, man. And, And I'm excited about all that you're doing and all the lives that you're touching. Uh, keep doing what you're doing, man. And let's keep leading together. Hey, this is your host, Tony Oravet of the Leadership Legacy Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this past episode. It would mean the world to me if you would go and rate this podcast on iTunes and share it with your friends. Show notes and information on today's guest are on leadershiplegacy.show. 